Hey everyone, I'm Father Alex Sandahar. And I'm Father David Marshall. And this is A Bridge Between, where we are back, not just where we're on different sides of a bridge, but we're also back to the gospel today, where we are bridging our knowledge of the gospel. And anything else we're going to be bridging our uh, knowledge of today, Father Dave? Well, Alex, you're in a different spot. Where are you right now? So I am in the nave sanctuary area of the parish church. Uh, because they're redoing the floor of my office, and I kind of figured, don't interrupt the people who are doing all that work. That's a good idea. So behind you, you have a giant cross, a stone wall. Well, that's have and the altar, and the altar right behind me. That's awesome. You yeah. know, I should have, I could have set up. Maybe we do this. I'll set up in um, at All Angels in the nave. Um, that would be interesting. I actually like this spot better because the um, the lighting is better in here. Mm. So this is all, all right. natural. Your voice is different. And this is all natural light, and it's a good acoustics here in the church, so maybe this will be a habit. Uh, it might be. There you go. Who needs a flooring in your office, right? You can just, uh, you can do this wherever. So. There you go. Have microphone, will travel. Exactly. Have the gospel, will travel. Maybe have love, will travel. Very so good the reason segue. why we're doing the gospel, we were, we had been talking about um, prayer, and I thought uh, I enjoyed it. I thought we were doing some good stuff, but um, apparently we got some feedback, and that there are clergy out there who use this as, uh, as our bridge between as a way to help them uh, come up with something to preach with on Sunday. And one of the people in particular uh, is older than you and I, and actually has uh, hit the thirty-year mark in ministry. And it seems as if he could be telling us something, but uh, he likes to hear uh, our commentary. So to that friend, who I will not name by name, um, this is for you. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. And actually, just um, for me, uh, this is interesting because I'm actually not preaching on this text this week. I will be traveling to a friend's church in Texas uh, preaching on stewardship. So I get to uh, preach on a text in First Peter, but I still love this gospel reading, and I'm looking forward to hearing the gospel that my assisting priest will preach uh, using this text. Uh, so maybe maybe he'll watch the podcast too. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I will be. Uh, well, it's so it's too early to tell what I'll be preaching on, and frankly, with what's happening in the news and everything else, it's way too early to say what I'll be preaching on the Sunday. Um, but we are uh, reading from the good book of Leviticus. And so I, I love, love preaching from that. I love bringing good news out from it. Keeping it light. So, oh, just keeping it. It's a holiness code. And it's not just about ritual purity. It's about um, having a ritual and a purity of one's life, of how one interacts with one's neighbors and how one interacts with God and how interacts with people who want to rip you off. I mean, all of that, it's, it's there. It's... Um, it sets a super high standard. And the other thing that I love about Leviticus, and our gospel would be included in this, is that it, it assumes that the world around us does not act this way, that the world around right. us is one where it will lie and it will cheat and it will steal, that it will do things, use our God's name in vain. It'll do all of that stuff. And that we are to be set aside. We're to be different. We are to, um, to do that because the Lord is our God, and God is holy, and therefore we should be holy too. In fact, isn't today's gospel 
out of Leviticus? Hmm? One might say that that's a good segue. Yeah. um, I think it is. So why don't you go ahead and just read that first part of the text for us? Do you want the one with the Pharisees and Sadducees and all that? Or do you want me to just jump into the meat of it? Uh, You know, just do that first part with the Pharisees and Sadducees and then just get to that, that one part. Do you want me to explain who they are or just dive in? Just dive right in. All right, here we go. So it's Matthew 22, starting with the verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, he asked, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So there's a lot to break down here, and, and I wanted to start um, actually about the, at the beginning, because sure. this past week, uh, was one of my favorite Gospels where it talks about, you know, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar and this and that, and Jesus, you know, silences them um, on that topic, um, reminding us, you know, give to God what is, give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God what is God. And here, I don't know why, but they go back for more. And they basically say, okay, well, what's the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like they're thinking in my mind, I think the way they're asking the question is, we have all these wonderful commands that God gives, which is the most important. But I think Jesus looks at it, or he might be looking at it as if to say, this is the one upon which all others hinge. Yes. Right? That's a good which is what, Which is what he says. I mean, we say that when the summary of the law in the Eucharistic service, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when Jesus says this, and he's echoing Leviticus, I'm just trying to understand, and maybe you can explain the dynamic here, of how could this have been a wrong answer? Wait, I don't understand your question. What I mean, um, like, if, if, like if, if Jesus comes back with this, and, and this is not something that they expected him to say, um, how, could he, how could this not be the answer? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... There, I, I think there are multiple things going on here at once. Um, that obviously the Pharisees, um, who do not like the Sadducees, Sadducees believe that there's no such thing as resurrection, mm-hmm. and that Jesus had silenced them, which would indicate that Jesus had proved to them or shown to them that there is resurrection. It's interesting all by itself. Um, the Pharisees are trying to take over, and it's um, so they are uh, trying to trip him up or. Um, in their attempt of tripping him up, what Jesus is doing, I don't think, is trying to silence them. I think Jesus loves the Pharisees, frankly. I think that he loves people who try to follow God as closely as they can. He doesn't like what they do, maybe, but um, he certainly loves their intent and that their their desire. Um, and so he's just telling them how all of this works. They they're trying to trip him up, or, or see if they're going to get tripped up. And Jesus is just, as we would say, just telling the truth, um, and that the, the first one, all the commandments stem from loving uh, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Um, and so that, and the second one, 
um, don't forget to love your neighbors yourself. Well, I think that kind of leads into the second part that we were going to talk about today. But before before we get there, we see that there is a hierarchy of love. And we've talked a little bit about this, and we haven't, I don't know if we've always fully agreed on it, but I think there's <laughs> a not. sense of a hierarchy of love in that we cannot love ourselves first. We must love God first. If we do not love God first, then nothing else really gets put into focus. Nothing else gets put in order correctly okay, unless so, we love God first. So then the, the question is, do atheists kick their dogs? What? Yeah. Does an atheist kick... Uh, we'll use male. Uh, does, does, a, does an atheist kick his dog? I have atheist no idea. Atheist doesn't God, so why would it matter, right? You know, I think you're not going in the place where, I, where I'm trying to head. So this is, <laughs> this is what I mean. Sure. There's a difference between being moral to somebody right. and loving someone. Okay. For example, I remember I had a roommate in college, and we did not love one another, okay? However, we chose to be moral to one another and to say, yes. you know, listen, I'm not going to put my things on your side of the dorm and, right. you know, don't come in and touch all my stuff and take things. Okay, that's mm -hmm. morality. Yeah. Love, however, seeks the good for another person, even beyond what we desire for ourselves. Right. But where does good come from? Good comes from God. Love, um, all those things come from God. Do morals is what come I would God? argue. Do morals come from God? Well, I, I would say that the purest morality comes from what God has embedded within us. Right. Right. That's, that's, where I, that's what I would say. But the, the point that I'm making is there's a difference between morality and love. You can be nice to somebody even if you don't love them. Heck, you can be nice to somebody even if you don't like them. Sure. Right. But, like with but, your roommate. I right, imagine but, you, you were excited when college was done for the semester and you got to leave your roommate. Absolutely. But so yeah. loving someone goes beyond that. And so this is kind of what I'm trying to say is that there's a hierarchy of if God is not the focus, first and foremost, if God is not at the heart of our love, our worship, our devotion, then it's got to be on something else because we human beings love to worship stuff. We make stuff up to worship. Oh, we do. You know, that's what the lesson in uh, last week in Exodus was about the golden calf. We get impatient. We just make up stuff to, to worship. So that's why I think that one comes first, because imagine if it, the, if it came second. So, you know, the cynical side of me from uh, last week's reading from Exodus where God, uh, where Moses wanted to see God face to face. And God said, nobody can look at my face and live. So I put you in a cave, cover you up, and you only see my backside. Uh, the cynical side of me says, if we could actually see what God looked like, mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't we immediately make um, images of that? Wouldn't we immediately start to say, this is how somebody should look, just like this, just like God. Like we would use God's image so, so poorly. Oh, um, it goes beyond that. I think there's two elements to it. I think the moment we would see God, um, first of all, we would die. 
And I think it's not just because of the sheer power and glory of God, but Mm -hmm. why would you want life on earth? Yeah, you could have eternity with God. So there would be no desire for life. Right, Um, right. The second thing is, is yeah. No, you got it. And and then the second part of it would be, of course, is, you know, the the moment we had an image of God that we could take with us, you know, we'd be putting it on a keychain. We would, right. Bumper stickers, we'd put it on everything. And then we would argue about what God actually looks like. And I mean, it would be nuts. Um, And so I think part of God loving us is like, look, you're not going to see this. Um, uh, But in faith, because we can't see God, because we can't go face to face, um, that we, and we have to be commanded to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul and with your mind. It has to be a commandment. We don't naturally bend that way. Um, So then where does love fit into this? Well, I think when we talk about um, God commanding us to do something, the question becomes, do we have free will? Mm. Mm -hmm. And if God commands, it is an opportunity to say, will you do the thing that is best for you, or will you do what you desire? Okay. Because those those can be two very different things. And, And so I think of it as, the parent-child relationship. God is telling us things that are true. Mm -hmm. You know, don't take up smoking when you're 15. That's not a good thing. Or 25. Or 25. Or 55. Or 55. But I'm saying if you're 15 and you're 15 years old and your parent tells you, don't take up smoking, they're not doing it for their health. They are doing it for your health. Right. Right. And so the command may be there to say, here is an opportunity for you to obey or to disobey. Yes. Um, I'm going to go to a greater philosophical length. Mm-hmm. And to all of our clergy friends who are listening, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Can you command love? And if you can command love, is it really love? Um, I don't think you can command love in the sense that we as human beings understand commanding love. Because <laughs> God is saying... From God's, from, from God's power and, and essence, mm-hmm. God is saying, if you want to be truly, fully human, if you wish to be in perfect, full relationship, mm-hmm. then this is what is required. Right. And that's not yeah. just an arbitrary requirement. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you know, go back to that health idea. If you are commanded by your physician you have a choice whether or not you're going to do it. But if you're commanded by your physician to say, listen, you need to not do this, not do this, and not do this, and then you need to do this, mm-hmm. then the physician cannot command health. Right. The physician commands instead to engage with the opportunity for health. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Um, and I know we've quoted the movie Aladdin before, but the, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that Aladdin can't actually um one of the wishes isn't make her love me no, yeah, i can't, do, can't, that. can't right. do that can't do that no you can't can't, can't do that it, it wouldn't be really love um so do you want and, me do you want me to make the segue into the song i can't oh, make you love me okay <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking of the song 
uh, you're gonna love me. Um, but right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. How many songs is it? All of them that are written about love aren't all songs in some way. Anyway. Um, or the absence or the broken heartedness. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, it's intriguing. Love. Let's let's get to that second part though. The second part is love your neighbor as yourself. And this is where I contend that the gospel isn't just falling on deaf ears, but it's falling on ears that just doesn't, they just don't understand because we do such a poor job of loving ourselves. We think loving ourselves is something very different than what God states. When I think of God saying, love your neighbor as yourself, it's you wouldn't hurt yourself, would you? You wouldn't steal from yourself. You wouldn't want somebody to steal from you or murder you or slander you or covet what you own. You know, you wouldn't want those things. But how self-destructive has our world become? I mean, I'm asking that. Um, so it's not just a rhetorical question. You actually no. want me to, to, to chime in? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, so, you know me. Um, I, I went into Leviticus. I pulled up the Hebrew. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a sickness. I should stop doing this. Um, but I, I, had to, I had to look. And, and, and to be honest, um, uh, I spent some time yesterday with a rabbi, and we were doing a uh, pet blessing, a Temple Beth mm-hmm. Israel and All Angels. Uh, yep. We were having a, a pet blessing for pets of all faiths. And, um, and we actually had people that had no faith that still wanted to come by and get their pets blessed, which we appreciate. Um, and uh, the rabbi had pointed out, because some people had asked for him to give their dogs a Hebrew name. I'm not making that up. <laughs> I love it. It's just, it I was awesome. It. And so he would write on their certificate in Hebrew what their names were. And sometimes he would say, do you want it in cursive or do you want it in the actual block print? And the block print is the only one I can read. I, he did yeah. it in cursive. I can't read it in nice. cursive, no. No, no, it's, it was too complicated. Um, but he said, um, the, the word of the Lord is only in Hebrew. If it's not in Hebrew, it's not the word of the Lord. It's a translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, uh, and that stuck with me, um, that it's good to go back to Hebrew. So um, the way that I'm translating, and I'm no expert, um, but Leviticus 19, um, at, towards the end of this phrase, actually, I'll give you the verse it's uh verse 18 so leviticus 19 18 i am the lord and i mm-hmm. command you to love others as much as you love yourself yeah and that's where i have a problem okay because i know what it should be in terms Which of is? what god what god means okay but the problem is is i'm i'm asserting right that human beings fall into this place where they do not love themselves. No, no. They, they become so self-destructive. And yep. if we cannot love our, ourselves, it is incredibly difficult to then love someone else. But, you know, the ironic thing is, though, and I've worked with people who, who feel a sense of spiritual loss or a sense of spiritual emptiness, and one of the things that we talk about is, can you step outside of yourself and go and do things for others and love others? And yep. that can be a help. But right. If you have such a terrible view of your own humanity, mm-hmm. how can you then turn around and love other people as human beings? Right. I, 
I'm with you. Um, it's it depends on. Oh, actually, it doesn't depend on who you read. Um, anybody who writes about love or about self-esteem or any of that is that you first have to care for yourself. Um, and as you have mentioned before, it's the idea of the air masks that come down out of the airplane when the airplane loses pressure, that you must put your own air mask on first before you can uh, care for others. Yeah. Um, so God loves us regardless. Uh, God's love, uh, in my opinion, there are some theologians who would argue with me on this, but uh, that God loves us regardless of who we are or what we do, because God created us and we have God's image. Um, that we are just that special and set apart. But Human what mind. I would say, though, is, that, and this is also where we have to be careful in this in the the modern world in which we live, is that God loves us no matter what we do. Yeah, that's correct. However, our reflection of that what's what's the reflection of that? We love God, right, and demonstrate that through our, our actions. You know, we're not saved by works, but we demonstrate our love for God through our actions and our, and our works. It's an affirmation of our love. Mm -hmm. And so God may love us regardless, but that doesn't mean that our actions are a demonstration of God's love, and it doesn't mean that we are exempt from the consequences of our actions of maybe loving in ways that are not fully healthy. Right, right. Um, so the person comes into a psychologist and says, I'm really depressed, I'm really sad, and uh, I want to be able to feel joy. And mm -hmm. the psychologist says, okay, go do something for somebody else. And the person, the patient says, no, 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 I'm here to, you know, for you to tell yeah. me how to love myself. And the psychologist, no, go serve somebody else. If you go help somebody, you will find that you find joy in yourself. It's this, we are, our common humanity is tied and bonded that way. Uh, yeah. I forgot yeah. who the theologian was, and I apologize if they're a listener, they can email and tell me who it is, um, that you cannot be a hermit and live under a bridge and call yourself a Christian. We must be in community. We must be in contact with others. Um, you can be faithful. And live under a bridge. You can believe in God. You can do all of that. Uh, but to actually be a Christian, we have to be involved in interacting with one another. And and so, folks, if if there's some out there that are depressed or sad or wondering what the meaning of life is and all that, um, go help somebody else. And right. It, and and through I, that, recognize that. You are a human being, you have a humanity, you have God's love, and that what you're doing is a reflection yeah. of that same love that God has for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, happiness. It comes down to living outside of yourself um, and, and helping others. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Um, so, the, the, and, and of course, to, I, I shouldn't say of course. But this is the the Christian side of me is to grasp the sense uh, that God exists and that you are not God. So hold on to that idea. Well, that's why the first part of the commandment comes first. So Jesus didn't say, "Okay, first love everybody as you love yourself, and then love God." Correct. He did not say that. Right. He said he did not say that. Love no, the Lord it's... your God, then. Right, right next to it. I mean, like right, right there. 
right there. Red Rise yourself. Yes. Yes. And with all your heart, and with all your soul, soul, and with all your mind, with all your mind, and some would add strength. Mm -hmm. Yep. That that finds its way in on a different version. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So, is it a key to happiness? Is it a key to love? Is it what uh, all the law and the uh, commandment and the prophets hang upon? Well, I think that that last one is true, um, but I, I don't. I, I have questions and things about. We can do this on another one, but you know, it's not for me. Life is not about happiness; it's about joy because happiness is fleeting. Joy, happiness is a choice. Joy, joy is joy is endure is what endures. Right. Um, and right. so I think the 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 this commandment is the key to perfection in in God. Mm. Wow, that sounds like the. Um... The friar in you speaking. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I was hoping Perhaps. I'd get you to smile on that, but it's a, there we go. There, there, there you go. The there you, go. you got you got your <laughs> smile. You got your at smile. least I got the chin. I got the chin stroke. Yeah. So I um I blessed a bearded dragon yesterday. Better you than um, me. I had I had to touch it. I I had to. I you know I we had snakes growing up because Dad was a biology teacher, and so I'm used to reptilian skin. Uh, but boy, this, it was, it was strange. It's like, you can imagine the combination between what a crab, you know, like a horseshoe crab, but that. Oh, I've touched like. them before. I know, I know what yeah, it okay. is. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't have to touch something to bless it. Uh, right. Well, and then we had in absentia, which by the way, for those clergy that listen and want to hear us talk about the, uh, uh, the lectionary, um, we have more to talk about with prayer, and I wanted to talk about anastemia or intercession. I would love to talk about um, praying for others if they're not there, um, but maybe someday. Well, okay, we'll, we will we will look at that, put it on the list because we've got a long list of topics we want to talk about, and um, let's look ahead to the time we get together again, and maybe we'll get some comments, we'll get some feedback about loving your neighbor as yourself and what that means. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thankful, Dave, that uh, you are an example to me of what it means to love others. Well, uh, Alex, I love our time together. And neighbor, I love you. Amen. Amen. So let's catch everyone. This, this, this is when you say, and I love you too, David. That's usually and, when it's reciprocated. But that's I okay. We, I we'll, thought we could we'll slowly get there. I thought we couldn't command love. <laughs> Right. I guess I guess we can't. No. I, love, I love you too, David. There you go. Oh, thank oh. There you go. It makes me feel so happy. There you go. Exactly. No, that's joy. All right, brother. God bless. We'll catch everyone in the next one.